It's time for the film crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Martineau. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the film crickets. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Chris Martineau, along with my friend Jay Fortier. All right, and we have invited back because no good deed goes unpunished. We invited back our friend Ryan Cunningham, who was here uh, last episode. How's it going, my man? Pretty good. Thanks so much for having me back on the podcast, guys. I had a blast last week, and I, I think this week will be no exception. All right, well, so well, let's I set need it up, a, though. Uh, I need a tag team partner uh, to take on uh, yeah. the undefeated <laughs> champion of negativity, uh, <laughs> Chris Martineau. Uh, the, the uh the cricket corner cynic no i'm just kidding I'm, uh, no, no that's not uh, what I'm, I'm just joking um, <laughs> we've a, attempted a this before yes we have so the, it's legendary my so first of all what was the movie that we did that did not hold up was what last week you mean there was last yeah that point was break, point break point break point break sorry point and break. i one of the arguments that, or one of the things we got into or ryan and i got into and then Jay and Ryan got into with me was the fact like Ryan agreed that it did not hold up over time. I also agreed. Jay thought it did, but more from a nostalgia standpoint, if I'm not mistaken. I think what Ryan, you were on the fence about, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not going to put my words in your mouth, is that you saw it as a late teen. You thought it was awesome then. And then you watch it incrementally over years. And it just doesn't, as the years go by, it just doesn't hold up. And am I wrong with that assertion? No, I totally agree. I think to Jay's point, yeah, the nostalgia part of it still gets me. I still love the movie as a nostalgic mm -hmm. movie. But when I see it now, it's cheesy kind of. Okay. That, does that right. make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, But you guys were all shocked because I never saw Point Break when I was a teenager. So my first time seeing this movie was from 19, was me at 46 and not at 16, 17, or 18. And then we got into, yeah, well... That's how I feel about Top Gun. And then everyone's stunned when I saw Top Gun when it first came out. Well, it's not in the theater, but on video. And I disliked it then in 1986, even though that was supposed to be, I'm the target demographic, you know, from like 15 to say 22 for that movie, particularly Reagan era teenager at that time. Like it spoke to everybody, but I watched that movie. I'm like, what is this shit? And, and again, Jay and I know the history I have with Top Gun. I despise it. I've never liked it. I think it's silly. It's not that I despise it. That's not true. I just absolutely do not understand what everybody saw and sees in this movie. I don't get what the big deal was, why people went so nutty. In fact, I think it's kind of silly. Again, well, I never take away... Hold, hold on. I, I never say you shouldn't like something. I don't care what you like. I want to know why you like it because I can tell you why I don't. And that's always my, my take. Like, I never say, you're stupid for like, I like Evil Dead 2, for God's sakes. That's a bad movie. It's a great movie, but it's a Big Trouble in Little China. Love that movie. It's so flawed. It doesn't matter. I like it. I just don't understand the deal with Top Gun. So I kind of lose my mind a little bit. And Ryan was like, oh, game on. And now <laughs> here we are again for Top Guns. And that's fine. Well, well, you know, I was thinking, I think what happened to Chris a long time ago, he became 46 right after 13. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, he, 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 yeah. Chris. Uh, Chris is an old curmudgeon soul. 
<laughs> I, part of me, you know, there's this German term called Schadenfreude, which is kind of like gleeing in the misery of others, except I sometimes I glee in my own misery. So I don't know what the German <laughs> translation of that is, but you can look that up, Schadenfreude, you know, it's like when a Karen trips over her own latte. And you laugh, that's a that's a Schadenfreude. I guess to set it up, we're, if you haven't figured it out right now, by now, uh, we're reviewing Top Gun. Yes, yes, we're looking at Top Gun. So, uh, 1986, directed by Tony Scott, big movie. And nothing, you know, and nothing against Tony Scott, because he's done some fairly, what's he done? He's not new to the game. He didn't do much after Top Gun, if I'm not mistaken. But let's see, what do we got? Tony Scott, did he did Days of Thunder. He did oh, The Last shocker. Boy Scout. Ooh, stop it now, oh, quality no. films. No, but he's like the last Boy Scout. Uh, the, well, the hard part is sometimes it's easy for us to get confused between him and Ridley. It's his brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we could crisscross and go, mm-hmm. oh, he did uh, Gladiator. No, no, that was Ridley. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's very oh, easy that's to. A far different. Yeah. I, I, he, the only thing I see here that I think I liked was Beverly Hills Cop 2. I think I was okay with that. Oh, True Romance, which is fantastic. Quentin Tarantino and Crimson Tide was also good. I didn't see Enemy of the State. So anyway, so here we go. So we're reviewing Top Gun, and the goal here is, once again with the film crickets, we are going to talk about the film. We tried this once before, Jay and I, and we lost it due to technical difficulties. So bringing in Ryan as a new spark of energy, I am ready to talk about this movie again. And again, the goal here is we're going to come to some conclusion whether or not it stands up to the test of time. Also mm-hmm. trying to, we're going to allude to the fact that they are doing a, a sequel to this movie. It was made, it just never was released because of COVID. And so we want to see, I haven't seen it. Obviously no one has, but I've seen the, I saw the trailer. So we'll see. Why don't we go ahead and and you can start this thing off. All right. When you first meet everybody, what are they, in the Indian Indian Ocean? They are in the Indian Ocean. They're on an aircraft carrier. Right. Okay. So, yeah, they're on an aircraft carrier in the Indian Ocean, and Strickland from Back to the Future comes in mm-hmm. and says, you know, you know, who's up there? And he's like, Cougar and Merlin, Maverick and Goose. And he's like, great, Maverick and Goose. You know, and you can obviously tell just by his tone that two, in, in his eyes, knuckleheads are up in a million-dollar airplane. <laughs> right. Yeah, which kind of makes which kind of makes you wonder when your when your commander has absolutely zero faith in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that has that has to be mentally debilitating, don't you think? Oh, it's these I, guys I, again. You know, Thirty million dollar like, airplane or whatever. It means. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was I, gonna I, say. You tr- you're trusting these guys that are obviously like subpar, not top tier. And you're like, oh, oh, they're going to do something silly again. Maybe they're going to have a weird flag from the top of the back of their jet. Ah. All right, go ahead. Okay, we'll get to that part about the whole, like, why would they be up in the sky compared to it being a movie and all that stuff. So we'll get to that in the few. But you realize that, say, the Maverick and Goose are the ones that he, you know, he's annoyed by. And you see that it's Tom Cruise and who's playing Maverick and Goose, who mm-hmm. is played by Anthony Edwards. Yep. And the only one who had to wear a shirt during the volleyball game. I know. And we thank you for that. Yes. Also, you know, if, if we have Tom Cruise, who's obviously only a few inches taller than Prince, why are we casting people that are all towering above him? Like, are we, are we, does he, is he supposed to have a Napoleon complex? Is that where his ego's coming from? Nowadays, they wouldn't do that anymore. Or they would make it seem like, now there have been rumors about Cruise, and, and not just the height, about who his co-stars are, how they're picked. But mm-hmm. most of the time, they're relatively around the same height. But there's another one that was kind of, mismatched height wise too it was uh cameron diaz in the movie vanilla sky she's got to be yes. six or seven inches taller than him 
Sure, easy. But, yep. but for the most part, his reputation in Hollywood is so extreme to the point where it's rumored that he has a clause in his contract that nobody is allowed to run next to him. <laughs> <laughs> True shit. True shit. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's the Oompa Loompa clause. He, he, so, he's going to be the fastest guy on screen. That's he's going to be the, the fastest guy with the least number of thetans. Oh, whoop. Sorry. It's a little Scientology dig right there. They're not coming for me. Don't worry about it. So so we've got these towering infernos of actors. And now, so we've got the knuckleheads. We got, we got X Strickland. We got Colonel Strickland. I don't know his name. So what's happening now, Jay? Well, so they're up in the sky. And, the, and I think they're just doing drills or something, right? Or maybe they're scoping shit out. Either way, MiG-28s start coming out of nowhere uh, which are two planes that are famous i guess back in the day for being from russia they come along and start basically fucking with the two planes that are on the american side yeah so maverick and goose they end up they get the radar lock or whatever the fuck you call it on, a, on mm-hmm. the one plane and then the other one yep. so that one takes off and so they go and they realize that another one's hounding the other two guys and basically they decide if he was gonna fire he's gonna fire already so mm-hmm. they decide to fuck with them instead so they decide to flip over and go like right on top of the guy having the glass of one cockpit almost within like a foot of the other cockpit and he basically chucks him the bird and takes a polaroid and the other one i guess gets too scared by the fact that these two are so intimidating by yes. uh, you know the fact that they got so close or whatever and they're like ooh I ain't fucking with these two so and they, they so so get- it takes off bottom line is at the end when it's over he's about to go land and he realizes that the guy that he left back there Cougar he's the one that is starting to flip out now because he got like, he had never been that close to being almost killed or whatever so he starts shaking and ha- having a meltdown so He's about to land on the aircraft carrier, actually kind of does, then says, screw this, I'm taking back off, even though he had almost no fuel left to go and save him somehow. So he goes up to, he goes back up to him and basically guides his friend home. That's So, so we could have prevented yeah. all of that by not doing the Polaroid upside down middle finger moment, which mm-hmm. is what every responsible pilot does when trying to scurry away enemy aircraft, right? Right. Yeah. Like, well, is that, is, is that okay. generally what we're supposed to think? <laughs> Now, I don't know. To, I, if you have a pilot, the first time you do that is the last time you do that. Of course. But listen. I'm very fucking sorry, guys. Listen. That's the last time. <laughs> listen. They, do, they did shit like this. The, the, the fact that they were a couple of goofballs and mixed with the, the fact that they went out and did this dumb thing. That is, of course, real people wouldn't be doing such a thing. These yeah. people do it. For the people who are sitting in a movie theater, uh, no, but but there's other things choking down on popcorn with extra butter, (laughs) and raisinets. By the way, this this podcast episode is uh, brought to you by brought to you by raisinets. All right, ready? Let's get down to my issue with this: is that when I see stuff like that, or I saw stuff like that back in the day, I understand it's a movie, and I understand it's unrealistic, but. If I wanted to watch a G.I. Joe cartoon, I would have watched a G.I. Joe cartoon. What is this nonsense? I just did not understand how, like, the, right off the bat, I'm like, he'd never let them do this. That's nonsense. Ryan, help me out. I, <laughs> Tag. Right. Probably the most unrealistic part of this whole thing was the fact that Goose had a Polaroid camera in the cockpit. Thank you. I, I like, you, know, yeah, you, can't, I mean... you can't bring up your own stuff. 
Ah, yeah, you know, while you're up know? there, bring a sandwich. You might get hungry while you're up there. You know, you never know. He's got his Walkman going because he's listening to other things while he's chasing down Russian MIGs. I mean, all right. So I, I understand that it's it's not supposed to be realistic, but boy, oh boy, like that to me was just silly. I'm sorry. That's just me. And that's that's me talking back in the day. So I, I I'm pretty sure like, this, scene, this scene was just, you know, having a little bit of Hollywood liberties going on right here. It, I don't even think fighter pilots from the Thunderbirds could do that kind of stunt no he's got to train for it all okay. day long let's put some context my friends that watched this movie said man you gotta see this movie so i watched this movie and they thought that scene was the balls and i'm like i don't know that scene's not that much like i okay. understand it's a trick and whatnot but i mean i was just like i don't see what's what's the big deal that wouldn't happen anyway that's just, right well it's also ahead. setting a tone about how goofy these fucking guys are you know right because so, the, the military loves it when you think on your own right but let me share they love that shit uh the people who were in charge of this film, they said, yeah, I don't care about that guy, Chris. I don't give a shit if he don't like it. Because you know why? Oh. We got $356.8 million at the box office. So ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like, yeah, I, we, it's okay yeah. if he fucking hates it. Everyone uh, else fucking loves it. That's the same it. thing I say to like some some stupid pop artist that comes out with Megan Trainer or whatever. Like, hey, what am I going to say about her music? I hate it, but I don't have a gold record. So what am right. I going to say? Well, I can say why I don't like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So no, that's no, no, what, no. you know. But I'm saying like, hey, you can say it's unrealistic. Of course it is. We know it is. We don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. right. And by the way, just to Jay, just to put that figure that you just threw out there into perspective, the production budget for Top Gun was only $15 million. $15 million. There are television shows that their weekly production budget mm -hmm. now is 15 sure. million bucks. They made mm -hmm. this movie for essentially nothing. Most yeah. of the money that went into it was from renting the planes in yeah. the fuel. Mm -hmm. Sure. Besides that, I mean, you got set pieces on a beach and in a bar and in a classroom. After that, what do you got? Oh, you don't yeah. have much, so go ahead. Soundtrack. And by the way, Berlin, they ended up winning the Oscar for the best song for a Yeah, soundtrack. take my breath away. You know how like some artists, they're a little too cool? <laughs> yeah. Well, she was too cool to, like, yeah, I'm not going to the Oscars. Right? They ended up right. winning the fucking thing. They weren't there to accept or perform. And she like nowadays goes, yeah, man, I should I should have been there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that band Berlin, they only had a couple hits. With, one was yeah, called one Metro, and, yeah, and the then Metro, the other one yes. was, uh, yeah. yeah, the Metro. Obviously, Kenny Loggins, you know, the king of 1980s soundtracks, Caddyshack. Biggest mm -hmm. one, obviously, Danger Zone from Top Gun. Did he do the song from Over the Top, too? He did, yeah. Know. He was meet all me halfway. Okay, that's right, that's right. Yeah, meet uh, me halfway. That, that soundtrack for Top Gun sold 9 million copies. Yeah. Oh, I, that's insane. I, have, I like Kenny Loggins. I... Kenny Loggins is great. I'm, I have zero problem with that. The Berlin song sucks, but I like the Kenny Loggins song. There's no doubt about that. He captured what he needed to capture in that moment. So I'll, I'm not taking anything away from the songwriter. Can I tell you a funny side note? Hit it. There was a sitcom called Still Standing in the early 2000s with Mark Addy. Yeah. They went to the daughter's boyfriend's house and her parents were very religious and they had a picture of Jesus up on the wall. Mark Addy says, hey, I see they're really into Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> right? And nice. check this out. And the, the other part that made it even better, she goes, Dad, 
that's God. He goes, hey, he had a couple of Grammys, but let's not push it. <laughs> that's fucking funny. That's cool. Man. That's cool. That's so, cool. Uh, we'll so, yeah. So, why, all right. So why did we get selected to Top Gun? What all is right, Top so, Gun? All right. So then when they land, let's call him Strickland from Back to the Future. <laughs> He's the right. principal from Back to the Future. Yep. Basically lectures them and says, you guys are a dumb couple of idiots that I, I wish, you know, I could bust your ass right now. But Cougar, the guy who, you know, you saved, turned his wings in and said he's out. So he was about to go to Top Gun with a school that makes them even better. Yeah. Whatever. Top of the top. And Mm -hmm. uh, so they were number two. And now they're number one because he turned in his wing. So they have to go. They get to go. So the ego that was in Maverick's head Mm -hmm. just got bigger. Oh, yeah. Because and how that's almost impossible. But yes, I can skirt the rules. I can do whatever I want. I can improvise in flight. And because of that, I get rewarded for it. And I get to go to Top Gun and meet hot ladies. So super. It's a good example. Mm -hmm. The American way. You don't have to follow the rules, but eventually you'll make it to the top. You'll get there just by default. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Hey. Before we go further, I got to say a couple of things. I am not anti-America in any way, shape, manner, or form. Okay? I I certainly have, like, opinions of things. Like, it's not the perfect place, but it's the best place. And I have nothing against the military at all. So whenever I say stuff about, like, the military or about uh, the the American, like, quote-unquote, patriotic symbolism in this movie, I'm not necessarily saying... You're foolish if you're patriotic. So before we go for it, because that's going to come up, like my definition of patriotism is going to come up. And it's always been like this or how we view the military in 1980s Reagan America is going to be a little bit different. But again, I'm not anti any of this stuff. It's just the in the context of a movie. That's all I'm, I want to get at. So, I, so we're going to Top Gun because we don't deserve it, but we're going anyway. All right, let's go. Right. So and then you get to see him now. Then he's heading over there. But how does he head over there with no helmet? Riding a kick-ass mm-hmm. motorcycle, and he looks mm-hmm. like he's racing against a airplane, you know, but it just it just happens to be on the same runway yeah. area or whatever, nearby. And you see him- They like, always you know, let motorcycles near jets. Oh, and by the way, real quick, the aviators that he, he wore in that, mm-hmm. the same way the, the uh, Wayfarers went up after Risky Business, the sales for the aviators went up after this film. Oh. Tom Cruise sells more sunglasses than any other actor in Hollywood. <laughs> right. uh, in Hollywood. You should have uh, given them those big- no, Hard to argue with it. Remember when when Randy Machman Savage wore the big Oakleys, the big giant sunglasses? Man, if Tom had worn those, we'd all be wearing those. Those giant Uh, sunglasses. No, you know who sold uh, the Oakleys (laughs) back in the 80s was was Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger sold sold the Oakleys. Oh, yeah. He had the the razors. Yep. Yep. So this was actually filmed at the real location of Top Gun, Navy fighter weapons school on miramar naval air station that is right outside of san diego and about a decade after it moved to nevada and it's a funny fact about that is if you get into top gun now as a naval aviator if you reference the movie (laughs) any line in the movie i've heard it (laughs) you get charged five dollars every time five dollars every time you that's awesome that's really cool because like how many people did that before they started doing the fine. Of course they yeah, did. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, yeah a like lot. to the point of like, you know what? We got to fucking stop this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not funny, you know guys. What I mean? Yeah. It's not funny. We know Talk you to have me, the goose. need for speed. Get the fuck out of here. Talk to me, Goose. Yeah. Which is hilarious because another thing about that, the Navy should actually be thankful because their uh, enlistment rates went up 500% right after right. the release of Top Gun. I know. Gun. And mm-hmm. they had recruiting people 
outside the theater. Nope. Yeah, it, I've been pretty jazzed by movies when you leave, you know, the excitement, that, that adrenaline <laughs> of a movie. I've yeah. never walked out of a movie and said, you know what? I think I'm going to sign up for the military now and actually yeah. do it right yeah. outside. You still have butter on your fingers <laughs> signing the paper. There's I'm going to commit the next four years. You have butter and in popcorn kernels all there's over actually, the there's, Yeah, there's there's grease stains. Yes, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, but it's true, they, though. They were there, and it's it, it worked. I mean, we could sit there and say, yeah. how stupid. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? It's not their problem. That's like when they had, when the, the Army recruiters would have, like, at the mall, they'd have, like, a Humvee in the mall, and it was, like, painted red and had an American flag on it. And the Humvee had like a really like banging sound system. And if you got in the Humvee, there was like a video game console and people were playing like Xbox inside the Humvee and like join the Army National Guard. It's just like this. No, it's not. What are you talking about? Just like Top Gun, the Navy is not Top Gun like at all. Most of the time you're swinging on the side of a of a of a, like a swing on the side of a battleship, painting the battleship gray and oh, napping. Yes, trust me. <laughs> they, they were, but there were people leaving this thing saying, "Dude, I want to go to San Diego. I want to ride sure. my motorcycle, play yep. volleyball with my friends, sleep <laughs> with my instructor." Uh, <laughs> who doesn't? Right? You know what I mean? Next thing you know, they're in fucking Germany with like. Yep. <laughs> When, yeah. it, when it, it's just raining, it's like what the fuck? Where, I don't see. I don't it's see like, any ocean and, and sun and fun. A guy I used to teach with. They say he got in the navy. He got in the navy young because he was kind of troubled as a youth. So he got in the navy young, and he said, "So where do you want to be stationed? Italy or Honolulu?" He's like, "Oh, Honolulu." He ended up in Groton. <laughs> it's like, uh, this is not Hawaii. Yeah, I know, but they'll be all right. Wait a minute. Like I don't want to be here. This is Groton. So yes, it's not gonna. It's not all San Diego and and greased up volleyball. So, so we're gonna Top Gun. <laughs> By the way, real quick before we get to the well, you know, we, we, maybe we'll get to the volleyball eventually. You know, when it's when it's the right time. But I think it's awesome is that Tom Cruise will land on his chest in the sand, get back up, and not a speck of sand is stuck to oh, the yeah. chest. I love it. <laughs> oh, sure. Wait, we're not we're not already at the volleyball scene. Oh, no, 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 oh, no. Just, uh, just oh, okay. All right. Oh, no, no. You know what? It, it, Ryan, don't, don't get excited. We're not at the volleyball scene. <laughs> yeah, no. We don't. By the way, last week during Point Break, it, it yeah. took a scene-by-scene scene path. We don't always do that. Sometimes mm -hmm. we'll just, you know, bounce all over the place and talk about things we love, things we hate. It doesn't always have to be in order. Anyways, yeah, he gets to, you know, he does get there, and they all say stuff like, you're already the best, but we make you better type mm -hmm. of thing. And uh, he, This is the introduction of Tom Skerritt. And yeah. uh, Michael Ironside, who has, by the way, great voice on that guy, huh? Oh, yeah, he's yep. a badass. I have no problem with him. What a voice. I'm scared of him. Yeah, I'm, he's he plays the, same he guy, plays the it, bad guy in every every single movie. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't he? He was the bad guy in that the original one. Uh, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. that one. I just know he blew up somebody's head in scanners, and for that, I applaud you. <clears throat> <laughs> no one on scanners? I uh, no, I've never seen it. I, I, I saw that oh, part. I saw nah. that part in a clip film. You know, like one of those movies, like no, I sure. think it was called like Terror in the Isles, mm -hmm. and it was hosted by uh, Donald Pleasance. Big mesh of all these different uh, horror films. But anyways, Michael Ironside. This was he was in Starship Troopers, and that was supposed to be Schwarzenegger in oh, Starship wow. Troopers. But wow. Schwarzenegger did some of the movie. And he's like, wow, this movie sucks, and he left. <laughs> And they got Iron Sidons instead. Had to reshoot a bunch of scenes because Iron Arnold's like, "Wow, this is really stupid." Probably because there was so much Nazi stuff in it. There's a lot of Nazi references in Starship Troopers, as like the time. Nazis were good people. Oh, it's a good movie. 
Anyway, yeah, it's not a good movie, yeah. but it's certainly fun to watch. So mm-hmm. we're at Top Gun. Yeah. And <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, so yeah, they meet them and they you get to meet other pilots like Iceman, played by Val Kilmer, and Slider, who is, I, I have no idea what his name is, but it's the guy that played in uh, Roxanne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, the dumb uh, fireman? Yeah. So you get to meet everybody for a minute and then they uh, end up going to the bar. Mm-hmm. Then you meet Kelly McGillis and the whole like song thing happens. <laughs> yep. So, so we have, at this point, we are establishing that Goose is the wingman? Yeah. All right. So he's his literal and figurative wingman. Mm-hmm. Is that generally where we're at with this? Yes. Oh, and they make a bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the joke is uh, carnal knowledge of a woman this time. Yeah. So so at this point, like we're we're hitting on on Kelly McGillis. We don't know it's the instructor, right? Right. And he's gonna woo her by doing what exactly? By singing a '60s song. Yeah, you've lost that yep. feeling that no one's heard in quite some time. And mm. we have somehow something is it seems awfully rehearsed. So is this a good scene? So I ask you. No, about, this is this, this scene is scene. so uncomfortable. This right. scene is okay, so good. goddamn uncomfortable. No, I agree. All right, agree. Uh, good. Yeah. It, no, it, I don't. I don't sit like there it. and have uh, warm and fuzzies when I watch this and go check it out. Ah, they're all. I mean, yeah. I laugh a little. Like I do laugh a little when the uh, African American yep. guy takes the mic and says, "Baby, baby, I get down on my." You know, that's pretty funny. But you know, the, the, so, in general, when that whole thing is happening, really mm-hmm. awkward, awkward as fuck. Right, and so we don't know the African American guy. We we don't know him. He just kind of comes up out of nowhere during this impromptu production number and starts to sing. The solo piece from You Lost That Love and Feeling. But we don't know who he is and where he goes to after, right? No, that's Sundown. He's the other guy that uh, is flying with him after Goose dies. He's like, hey, man, we had him. Hey, man, we had oh, him. And he, okay. turn, he turns sorry, around, he okay. grabs a hold of him, and he says, I'll, I'll do this shit when I'm ready. I apologize. All right. No, no, but no. It's that's still cool. stupid because we're assuming here that Sundown, Sundance Film Festival, whatever his name is, has somehow. We have done this before. We've done, we've lost this loving feeling before. And the question I have is, how successful is this? The way I take it, I don't think it was an actual rehearsed thing. I think it's like everybody jumped in on it. Right. Which is, but not, not, not like, no, but not like they do it every week and then it's a different girl. I think it's just a matter of like everybody just get wrapped up in it. 100% after this movie came out, there was 10,000 idiots around the world that tried this at some bars somewhere. You know, there was. Oh, absolutely. And there was this weird resurgence of this song. Like, I remember in middle school, like, kids are like, have you heard this song? You've lost that love and feeling. And like, I, was, like, I think someone bought the, the cassette tape of it just to have the well, song. Um, this is a good song. Hall Notes did it before uh, the movie. It like, had nothing to do with oh, the film at all. Oh, I don't they, recall that. They covered it probably they, like th- three years prior. But <laughs> so we have a cool scene with planes. We have a cool scene with motorcycles. We have an awkward scene at a bar with short Tom Cruise trying to pick up tall and older Kelly McGillis, who doesn't know his instructor, and a bunch of people all jump into a, an impromptu fame production number. Is that mm-hmm. where we're at? So we got cool, cool, not cool so far. So yeah, moving he on, keeps, making he my sits, case. He sits down next to her and she basically insults him by saying, you know, are you a good pilot? And he's like, yeah, I'm you know, great, whatever. And she says, well, at least now I know you won't need to worry about making your career as a singer. And she leaves and goes ah, and joins her friend. Oh, and, and hilarity ensues. Right. And then, uh, so <laughs> for some reason though, uh, the, by the way, great idea. Everyone at home listening, great idea. When a woman goes into a, a lady's room follow her in it's a good <laughs> plan 
<laughs> By the way, it's I, not me giving that advice. It's uh, the movie Top Gun giving you the advice because yes, yeah. I, I don't want anybody coming after me. But uh, really, who the fuck does that? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, yeah, one never knows. That's the, I, we've seen the videos. So now are we going into we're going to flight school at this point? Oh, but real quick though, she he does go in there, talks to her for a minute. She's still acting, you know, like she doesn't give a shit. But then it's mm-hmm. funny because she does walk by Goose and says, "Your friend was fantastic." <laughs> No, all right. <laughs> or whatever. What are we saying? What are we saying? Yeah. No, but you know what's so funny about that? Yeah. He wasn't in the bathroom that long. Yeah, that's a good point. So, like, that's how could point. he have been fantastic? It was probably uh, two minutes. Right. <laughs> well, that's average. All right. Wow. So it's okay. Quick drama, girl. I, I don't know. Isn't this kind of a chick movie situation? Like, this well, scene's kind of a that. chick movie well, scene. Well, yeah, I guess. Is it yeah. not? Well, they're trying all to right. include everyone. Oh, okay. All 356 right. mil. It's not okay. just dudes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's not fine. just dudes. Again, I'm going back to my middle school self and I saw the movie and I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't think I want to see this. I'd rather see something else. Where's this? Where's, give me Schwarzenegger and Commando wasting an entire island full of people and not getting shot. I'm a big fan of that. All right. So well, basically the next day you realize that they're, they're sitting there uh, in class and she's like a civilian instructor and he all of a sudden walks in and she realizes that's, you know, they both realize that, that, well, he's the one that actually realizes that he was hitting on an instructor last night. She was mm-hmm. already in, in on it. Probably that I'm probably going to meet this schmuck tomorrow. <laughs> well, yeah, she discovers though, and becomes obsessed with the fact that he admits that, him and Goose, or he and Goose came that close to a MiG-28 because she was trying to talk about what the MiG-28 can do, like in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we saw it do this. And she's like, what? Yeah. And then realizes that he was the one that was there. And so he's kind of famous. And she pursues him a lot of the film for that knowledge. So the question I, and, and I'll pose this to you and Ryan then. So when we're in this scene, and again, coming from, try to convince me of, I'm trying to go this to my teenage self. In the scene, we're all at desks and we're all outside in a classroom on tarmac, sure. And we're all wearing our sunglasses and our hair is all greased and perfect because Tom's hair is always greased and perfect, just like sand never gets on his body. And he's having this moment where he's saying, I don't need to follow the rules and I can be better than everybody. Like, is that cool back in the day? I, I don't know if that's what they were really going for. I think this is kind of like the his James Dean moment, so to speak. Okay. He's looking to separate himself from the rest of the crowd, which is one of the reasons why he's kind of bragging about the encounter with the MiG. And then if mm-hmm. you recall the... the when he's going through the story, Val Kilmer's in the back and he coughs. Bullshit. Yeah. So he does, sure. he, he doesn't buy it. They don't buy it. But she knows that it's true. And he's mm-hmm. credentialed, so to speak, when she says, so you're the one. <laughs> uh, is this cool? Is that what you're saying? That was your, that was your question? Yeah. Like at the to me, it was so I couldn't get over even again back in the day, like how the arrogance of, of Maverick. I don't know. His name is Maverick. And I get that with a lot of characters because I, I'm cool, I'm too cool for this area. That's what makes me cool. But I mean, I didn't think it was that cool. I just thought it was just like, oh, you're just some smarmy guy. Why am I going to hitch my horse emotionally in a movie to this guy that's like, thinks his shit don't stink? Well, that's I mean, kind of where it comes from. It's, let's also, everything's always a matter of opinion. But, you know, I would sure. say a decent amount of people think this guy's a good looking dude. Oh, I don't care. I, I didn't say no, it no, wasn't. No, Everybody no, 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 no. But my my ultimate point is, so like even young 
men were like, wow, oh, man, I wish I looked like that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, right? I'm not... So, so no, but hold on. See, he's in this moment. He's putting on his sunglasses, smiling with his perfect fucking teeth, hair looking yeah. like that. And it's like, I'm telling you, you want to be him at that point, regardless. You're not, you're not sitting there going, oh, he's being a douchebag. I don't know. I just, to me, like to me, it, that he had the same energy and the same vibe in the color of money. And he was kind of supposed to be not likable in the color of money. And he had the same thing going. His hair is perfect. His smile is awesome. Can bank a shot without even looking at it. Like that worked for me. But to me, in a military setting, I don't just, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it back in the day. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was just kind of like, to me, most military guys all look the same and all their heads are shaved. I know they're not. That's only privates. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? To me, it didn't have, why are we trying to go this rock star angle? Like the, they're jet fighter pilots. I'm glad they're you rock said stars. that. Mm, I'm right. glad you said that. Tony Scott looked at the script and realized what they were talking about uh, with the people who were putting it together. And he said, okay, I got it. Rock stars of the skies. Okay. All right. Uh, but I, uh, Ryan, you agree on that? I don't think it's unrealistic that if you think about Maverick and the rest of these guys, what do you think? They're about 24, 25 years old, max. Sure. Two years out of the academy, fighter mm -hmm. pilots, young good-looking guys yep. clearly when they were in the bar it's obvious they want to portray this as these guys are macho guys they're fighter pilots the bar was mm -hmm. filled with beautiful women who are all talking to the pilots that's mm -hmm. how this is kind of set up and if tom cruise wasn't the star of the movie all these other guys would get the same press that he was getting because they all have that same kind of cocky attitude. He's just one little notch maybe above the rest of those guys, but they're all, right. all cut from the same cloth, I think. Sure. All right. All those guys right. cut from the same cloth. Fair enough. Val Kilmer is him, except mm -hmm. Kilmer might listen to the rules a little bit more than Cruz does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cruz, does. Tom Cruise has a, he's got a chip on his shoulder in this movie. What did, what did Scarrett say? It, I don't know. Goose told him, he said, every time we go up there, it, it's like you're flying against a ghost, you know, so that, yeah. that's kind of his cross the bear. It's holding him back. Yeah, because mm -hmm. his father was a pilot. There's also a negative story about his dad that he doesn't buy, like because he was never able to be told the truth because it was classified shit. So like people are saying negative shit about his dad, even though he thinks right. his dad is the greatest. All right. All right. I, I'm just saying like that's where I didn't see eye to eye hmm. with that film because it's just like, what are, what are you trying to sell me? And hmm. I guess it wasn't. I know they're not trying to sell to me. Three hundred sixty-five million dollars. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, like, um, I know, but it's like I don't know. I just didn't see it back in the day. That's all. So, yeah. all right. Well, like, like I said, mm. I think, I think the reason the fucking recruitment went up so high and stuff like that is because people really just wanted to be that, wanted to okay. be him, wanted to be. Like I said, they all got disappointed real fucking quick. I'm sure <laughs> when they were yeah. sent to San Diego <laughs> and the sun was not shining, they were probably in like you know, the, the rainiest place on the fucking planet or just dead center in the ocean, nothing going on. And by the way, there are so many films, if you're wrapped up in it, I'll sit there for those two hours and go, man, this is what I want to do, man. Yeah, I want to be that guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, credits are rolling in. It's like, I'm not signing up for shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't really mean it, but I'll say that mm -hmm. during the process because the, the, the movie might have me hook, line, and sinker. Sure. You know, I was right, just sitting, right. I'm just sitting here. I'm trying to think of what other big action movies came out before this one and take away all star wars take away all that because those are very genre specific movies. oh yeah no it's, that's not a i'm fair talking comparison. about i'm talking about popcorn blockbuster type shit like this is mm -hmm. where it has you going from minute one to minute done just about i think this and maybe it's a bold thing to say maybe i'm completely wrong 
I think Top Gun launched a completely separate movie category that never existed before Top Gun came out. I, I'd have to research that. I'm not disagreeing with you, but if, if to me, like, all right, hold on. So let me let me do a little introspection here. So they called Jaws a blockbuster. It was the first summer movie blockbuster. It's not a real interesting movie at times. I'll give you that. And it's got a fake shark in it. And I'll give you that. But they called it a blockbuster. So we're going to call Top Gun a blockbuster. I, I guess I have to agree with you in that it has a lot of really, again, the shots in this movie are awesome. They're beautiful. The sunset shots are awesome. Oh. The shots of San Diego beaches are awesome. Even though I made fun of it, Tom Cruise riding down an airstrip on his Ducati. I want to say it's a Ducati. I'll have to take your word. His motorcycle with the jet next to it and you see the glowing afterburners like, oh, yeah, I'm digging it. And the very ultra patriotic opening with the, the jets coming off of the coming off of the aircraft carrier and they're playing. I don't know. Is that Danger Zone at that point? Well, it's, it's well, first is at first it's the Top Gun theme song. So good, by the way. Uh, oh, no, that's a good that's a good song. So wait a minute. So we're, again, I'm going to Blockbuster. And to me, it's a Blockbuster. Are we talking action or just because it's so popular? Action film. No, action, action. film. Like, Is I would, there a I lot of action in it? There, well, yeah, of course there's a lot of action in it. It's, well, the, the, there's 15 I, different right. dog fights and yeah, yeah it's, a million it's, things going on. It's uh, simulated. Okay, so, 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 but like, yes, that it's still action. It's just Let's not, you, you obviously realize he's not going to be in any danger as far as like getting killed by Viper or uh, whatever so, the fuck their names are. Right. So wait, but let me make a point here. So we're saying it's action. I'm not saying it's not action. I'm not saying it's not a blockbuster, but all I'm saying here is that when we have a lot of the fighter jet scenes, which are awesome, but Ryan and I were talking about it before, they're reused a couple of times. I understand why you only have so much time with the jets. But they reuse the same shots a couple of times. The action of, I know that there were cameras and when they got launched, uh, the, they uh, had to do the emergency exit. I can't think of the name. Ejector seat going out. So that's that's uh, that's tense. I'll give you that's tense. But other than that, like the guys just sitting in cockpits looking back and forth or the cockpits spinning around as they're doing their thing. That to me is, I thought back then was cheesy. Like I want to see actual, I know there's dog fights, but it's not like dog fights. Like, yeah, but Chris, there was no, there was. I don't know how you could have thought it was cheesy because there was nothing back in 1986 that even had this kind of action. This was one oh, of, uh, and that's probably what made this movie as big as it was because right. it was. For what you're saying, of course, the frame of reference now is this is child's play. I mean, the, these special sure. effects are bullshit. I could do this mm -hmm. on on my Mac, but yeah. back then, with a budget mm -hmm. of 15 million dollars, man, they used every last penny of that budget sure. to put together what I think is it would agree with you. Now the effects aren't that spectacular, but for 1986, mm -hmm. this was the shit. And, and the uh, footage was great of all the, yeah. the planes. I, I know the footage was great. I, look guys, all I'm saying is the following. My friend said, we got to watch this movie. These jet fighter scenes are fantastic. And I watched it. I'm like, okay, they were good. Like they were like going on and on about how awesome Oh my God! It's okay, like, all right. Okay, I have it's I, good. okay. Okay, I, I have a I have a thing for you then. Somebody once handed me the movie The Hangover, and they said, "Oh yeah, it's made by the people from Old School, and it's so much mm -hmm. better than Old School." And mm -hmm. the entire time, by the way, I love Old School. Mm -hmm. Sure. The entire time when I was watching Hangover, I kept waiting for it to be ten times better than Old School. Sure. 
And it, so because of that, like, that mindset, as I'm walking in, I'm like, okay, all right, wait, uh, hello, what, when's it going to be? Yeah. And it never was. So now it's not mm -hmm. like, I, I don't like the film really that much where everybody else thinks it's phenomenal. And I'm like, yeah. meh. Because I, I, I walked in so high, ready for it to be yeah. better than old school. And I was because I fucking love old school. It makes me laugh yeah. to this day. Uh, right. So like, it, it probably did not help you that your friends mm -hmm. oversold it. Yeah. Oh, no, I get it. And So like, I, I think that probably had a big a, fucking impact on you. Because like, you're ready to like, this is going to kick some yeah. royal ass. Oh, and then it didn't, that's a, it didn't live to its hype for you. <clears throat> that's my experience with Anchorman. Except for Paul Rudd. And the scenes he had with Steve Carell, I didn't give a shit about Anchorman. I'm like, this is just dumb. I didn't. I mean, some of it's funny, but not like people just keep quoting Anchorman. I'm like, I what? Ryan, where are you on Anchorman? Not a fan. I'm not a Will Ferrell right. fan, with the exception no, no, of a not... couple moments here and there. Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of like watching the same movie to me over and over and over again. It's yeah. kind of like Mark Wahlberg, right. same thing. Every single movie <laughs> yeah. that Marky Mark is in, I just it's the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? To me. <laughs> yeah. The same, so, it's the same expressions, the same, mm -hmm. the same mannerisms, the same everything, whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's where I'm coming from. And I'm trying to take this from a perspective of I'm trying not to be even 10 years ago. I had this opinion of Top Gun. So I'm but I'm trying to be not that guy. And I'm trying to remember then. And I just I remember just not digging it. I just did well, not see what the big that, deal was. My point right That's there could me. have could have actually happened to you, like where your friends yeah, right. sold the fucking shit out of it, and yeah. like so you were up on like ready to be on cloud nine, and this thing was cloud right. one. You know, you're like, oh, well, uh, let, let me put it this: like if it was just military stuff and not the beach, not the volleyball scene, and that you lost the love and feeling scene, and and the take my even the take my breath away scene, it's like I I don't I don't uh, want yeah. this movie. I got something about that, Chris. That love scene with Kelly McGillis and, and Cruz, that originally wasn't in the script and it wasn't in the movie. That yeah. was shot yeah. after the movie was already in the can because I guess test audiences wanted, they caught the vibe of McGillis and Cruz, but it never went to the yeah. bedroom during the yeah. test screenings. And all right. the female audience members that saw it said, no, bullshit. Something has to happen. Don't leave us here with, you know, two balls, so to speak. You gotta, you have to put that scene in the in the film. <laughs> and it, it, wasn't it right before that? Like she, he's she drives through five red lights, and he follows her on the motorcycle. Or is it other way around? Well, this is why it's a yeah, couple no, of scenes. It. There's a that's couple. Of, well, there's actually a couple. But there's there's that, and there's also the like, one later on. where we have to endure that awful line where she repeats what Meg Ryan says. And Meg Ryan's in the film, by the way, in case. Yeah. I'm a Meg Ryan says, what, what did she she, uh, Meg Ryan says, go. Uh, like, uh, she says, take me to bed or lose me forever. Uh, you know, but she was being oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. goofy. She <laughs> said it in a, a fun mm -hmm. manner. And uh, you, you hear it a little later, uh, like a few minutes later, you hear uh, Kelly McGillis say it like in this really weird manner. It's like, I yeah. could probably go the rest of my life and never hear that line. <laughs> from her what, what she, ever what again she, what does she say to him when when he finally says what are you they chasing each other through five red lights and he says what are you what are you stupid what are you trying to get us killed and she says something along the lines of oh but, well she's you know, basically she doesn't want to give away the fact that she's falling for him so she tries to treat him like every other student by saying uh, right. I'm, I'm gonna she sees genius in his flying but she also can't uh, if she if she gives too much of that away everybody's gonna see that she's into him and she doesn't want to get in trouble, so she doesn't. Yeah, but she says, but I just can't. Didn't she say, I can't help but fall for you or something? I don't want people to see that I've fallen for you. Oh, blech. That's just shitty writing. Mm. <laughs> just, 
But that was well, probably ladies, shitty. Dude. It's probably shitty acting too, though. Probably yeah, shitty. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. I'll give that, you that. That, it's not that, a co- it, that was for the ladies. Not a coincidence that you haven't really seen Kelly McGillis in a bunch of bunch of movies. <laughs> the inimitable Kelly McGillis. Uh, we're we're past the uh, weird romantic uh, stuff that was added in. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I I love this part. I love this aspect of the film. I like how no ACs were apparently invented in 1986 because everybody has beads of fucking sweat dripping down mm. their faces uh, right yep. and the only thing you see in a room is like a, a fan like you know like mm-hmm. when when he's later on you know like he's he's standing in front of the committee that uh, proving that he didn't uh, kill goose you know it wasn't his fault dripping sweat it's like couldn't they have made the, you know, like <laughs> did they film this on the sun like the surface <laughs> of the sun you know what i mean it was like what the fuck they just have it, the big the big metal industrial fans no, slowly turning in the back yeah it's just you know what i mean like the, the place everywhere they filmed must have been on fire because mm-hmm. just everybody's just dripping sweat yeah well everyone wants to see a sweaty tom cruise i, I mean who doesn't well, I do. I mean, well, what? I tell you one thing: the sand does not stick to that sweat. All right, I guess no. we'll get to the volley. Even though this is probably a little out of order, we could do the volleyball thing. Uh, we we were uh, right. alluding to it a lot. It's funny, like I said, Anthony Edwards, smart enough not to be taking the shirt off, I guess, because he's yep. not ripped like everybody else. Really, totally on. I, I I will I will say this: totally unnecessary scene. Oh, of course. Now, come on. What what what? Again, they're trying to sell it. They're trying to sell it. To the, they're trying to sell it to girls, and it worked. That's why that was in there. Yep. Oh yeah. But it's such a waste of time. Why did Why did we even start to play volleyball in the first place? No, no. It's just that it, that yeah, means down, yeah, you're they're right. representing downtime. Yeah, yeah. Downtime? That's all. Downtime. That's what they're representing. I'm not defending it. I just said it was a useless scene. No, I know, but I mean, like, because <laughs> no like, oh. what they want to do is they, they what, what do they want to show you? Just like, guess what? All they do is work. <laughs> Well, no, I'm still. I don't want to. I'm still laughing about the Anthony Edwards thing. By the way, like I could just picture behind the scenes before they're filming, the the other three guys take their shirts off. Anthony Edwards goes to take his off, and Tony Scott's like, "Yeah, Anthony, no, you just keep <laughs> your shirt on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, you just no, but just, I've been listen, out, just keep no, your no, shirt on. No, 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 but we yeah, we also no keep the shirt on and keep that fucking mustache, baby. Yeah, yeah. that's a good mustache. Oof. Everybody, a lot that every. What did Val Kilmer? No, he did not. Anybody Nobody else had a, had a weirdo mustache? mustache? No, no, it was just, no, just him. him? Yeah. That's a terrible and, mustache. And, and, and by the way, it wasn't like it wasn't like Tom Selleck. You know what I mean? Tom Selleck yeah. sells the fuck out of that mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And reverse like, mortgages. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he's used one before too. <laughs> oh, use oh, reverse mortgage? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course he has. Because he but, likes getting swindled just like everyone else. Wow. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. So that was a that was an ugly ass mustache on Anthony Edwards. Oof. But, By the way, yeah, to add to Tom Cruise's I don't care when anybody says I'll do what I want. He does the high speed pass at one point over the tower. Mm-hmm. And oh after yes. The, after the guy says no, pattern mm-hmm. is full. He does it anyway and mm-hmm. scares the guy where he drink, you know, pours coffee. No, oh my coffee. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because but, you can you know. they let you do that all the time. You can just <laughs> do whatever you like in your thirty million dollar or whatever it is plane. You can just fly it wherever you wish. Oh, come on. Oh God. Sorry. But you know how boring uh, it could be if if they just was like, Yes, sir. <laughs> they followed the rules. No. Like, okay, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, because this is a, by the way, there's an, there's a comedy aspect to this film a little bit. It's not like a straight up comedy, but I'm saying there's, this comic moment. So it's, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. to keep things light. I think that's why they, they did that shit. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, I mean, j- yeah. just to keep us like giggling a little bit. So it wasn't like, because they didn't want Apocalypse Now, which Tony Scott wanted to make. Okay. For this. Wow. Like he, he was turning, he was Sorry. like, oh, I, he, he wanted to turn it into like an Apocalypse Now. Then he realized, okay, so all right, they want something else. And uh, so I, I would say this shit that, you know, I, I know you have a problem with the how nobody listens to the captain uh, in the police yeah. force or nobody. Yeah, but I think that's all. So we can go, yeah, man, go for it. <laughs> Uh, past the popcorn, I guess I baby. Can, I guess I, I just, I would, I guess I could see that, but not for like somebody that high up. You know what I mean? That's what I had a problem with back, back in the day. I'm like, who, who's gonna, who's gonna do that to the whatever? The general I just think, like I said, I think people would probably find it dull if they just did everything the fucking guy um, said. Okay. You know what right. I mean? Like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wake me when they get to the action. Yeah, I guess. All right. Okay. Ryan? All right. I, I, I Right? Nah, I don't think so. I don't what? think so. What? I on think the scene is. Who, I, 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 no, side, I totally yeah. agree with you. I think oh. it's no your your side, Jay. Oh, okay. You don't think sure. you don't think. Wait, wait I'm, I'm lost, man. You don't think, or you you agree with my side, or agree with what Chris saying? I, I agree with your side. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. I just think it's yeah. I think it's there to keep things light because they you know because that's what people this I, shit like that is what makes people excited about this film. If they want realistic, some I mean yes, the realistic part is the stuff that you're seeing real jets, you're seeing real stuff. And by the way, if anybody is not sure, there's supposed to be a plaque that you win at the end. There is no trophy in Top Gun. No, you don't the, get a trophy. No, no, I know that. Man. But 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 no. But here's the the funny part: the, the guy who is the consultant said um yeah there is no trophy you can't have a trophy he goes if (laughs) he goes if we had a trophy there would be mid-air collisions uh everyone would be (laughs) nobody would graduate top gun because they would all be dead (laughs) trying to outdo each other and i thought that was fucking hysterical (laughs) a trophy i got me a trophy everybody you can keep it soccer and you can keep it top gun in the Keep it in the cockpit with your uh, Polaroid camera. Right next to <laughs> yeah, but you know when you're flying next to the trophy. Meg. Hey, next next time you're doing the inverted thing with the Meg, you can pull out the trophy yeah. and show it to them. Say, don't yeah. just go back to Russia. Go right. back to Russia. <laughs> top Gun, in, baby. I came in. Top the- Gun, baby. Woo! Yeah. I was top um, of my class. Do you see? Read it. I know you don't speak English. Read it anyway. There's, Look at it anyway. Two O's in- yeah. Two O's and goose. Two O's and goose. Right. <laughs> and you know what? In America, our R's are forwards. Not you fuckers backwards. All right. <laughs> Your Cyrillic, stupid Cyrillic language. Get out of here. Hey, has Goose died yet? Uh, he will. All right. So <laughs> let's get. Let's get. Goose got kicked a bucket. Let's go. All right. So they're up in the thing, and well, well here we go. They're competing for the top spot. Uh, Iceman mm-hmm. is ahead, and for some reason, can't get the angle to kill is it viper i think so or whatever the fuck uh, michael uh, ironside right michael ironside so anyways they were just about to maybe kill him and he kept saying get out i have a better angle get out i finally he's like fine i'm off and he takes off and they were caught up in his jet wash i guess and they ended up in a flat spin where they were heading out to sea and by the way the consultant actually did all the research on this type of thing Mm -hmm. so this is based on like a thing that could have happened and that sure. might have happened. No, I'm just saying like this aspect here, because I think what happens it was is it was good. Yeah, so, so he pulls it, 
But he, what happens is he's supposed to pull the canopy, and the canopy is supposed to blow before he he uh, hits the ejector part, and he pulled it too soon in a panic. So that's why he went up and hit the canopy with his head and basically broke his neck in the process and dies. So yep. when they land in the water, they end up, you know, he's just holding him up. So then you see uh, that, that's when they get to the scene where he is basically cleared of all wrongdoing because nothing nothing was done by him being uh, not nothing was done by him being a maverick at that point. <laughs> yeah no I, and, and surprise you know i don't really have a problem with this part to me seemed uh, believable and i was into it and like the the music again kind of sold the scene hmm. and it is put in a way where that you do feel the danger of the situation uh the sound of him like hitting the top of the canopy hmm. like the sound production was good so i was buying it for that and uh, i did like the fact that they took this movie that was a little too again they're taking this whole top gun thing and i think making it lighter than it should be i don't again i'm sorry to sound like a freaking party pooper but like i thought everybody should be taking the top gun thing a little more seriously than everybody was or at least that tom tom cruise was and it was Mm -hmm. good to see that at least they had something in the movie to ground it back to what the reality is Mm -hmm. is that we're supposed to be doing this and this is really fucking dangerous and if you if you aren't up to the task, if you aren't number one, then you have no business being up here. So I like that. And in fact, that's the only indication to me that there's any kind of character arc for Tom Cruise. But it, it's it's backloaded. Like he's only starting to learn his lessons, like kind of near the end mm-hmm. a little bit. Up to that point, it's just kind of like I don't know, doing whatever, and well, good stuff happens. Let's talk about Val Kilmer. So I like the fact that it's grounded. Okay, go ahead. No, but Val Kilmer basically says every time you're up there, you're unsafe. You're everybody's yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was. Wrong. Yeah, no, no. A bit, but, it, like, it was brought at least to our attention. It sure. was thrown out there a lot. Yep. Even if he wasn't picking up on it or, you know, he wasn't going right. to learn his lesson until, you know, someone had to die. <laughs> so, but are we. So, I ask, are we supposed to like Val Kilmer? Well, I think. I don't know. I think everybody at home is probably looking through Maverick's eyes at this point, you know, throughout most of the right. film. So you're not probably hearing Val Kilmer right now because you're mm-hmm. still uh, happy with what you're seeing with Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Ryan, you, you think so? You agree on that? Well, did you? <laughs> I don't know if you happen to, to have caught in the scene when he's back in the locker room, Val Kilmer comes up to him and gives him his condolences. Yes. Tom Cruise yep. isn't even facing him. He's looking away from him. He's looking in his locker. <laughs> when Val Kilmer leaves, Cruise has this subtle look like, wow, didn't expect that. Yeah. So I think that might have been the first part of the movie where Val Kilmer actually gets a little bit of redemption as well. Mm-hmm. He kind of shows a little bit of heart. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like I tend to sometimes take the journey with the main character as if like, you know, like I'm sort of doing what they're doing in a way, you know, you know what I mean? Like as far as I'm following the, um, if I'm engrossed in the film. So Mm -hmm. I'm not yet earlier on when Val Kilmer is saying a really wonderful thing by saying you're unsafe up there. (laughs) You're everyone's problem. You're just looking, but you're not listening because you're like, no, this guy's a douchebag. (laughs) He doesn't Mm -hmm. know me. I think, Mm -hmm. yes. And at the end, you know, when he says he was a good man and I'm really sorry about what happened. I think then, yes, we all get to finally wake up and realize uh, he's probably been a good guy the whole time we just never noticed yeah well i mean he's the one that's trying to trying to bring tom cruise back down to earth which again Mm -hmm. maybe why i never identified too much with tom cruise because he is a danger to everyone
Obi-Wan, the way that he does things, and the way that he lives his life as the Maverick. Mavericks oh. are dangerous. High right to the and, danger and zone. That's what I mean. So that's my point. Like, So it was hard for me <laughs> as a kid to identify with the one that was going to be putting everybody in danger. And, and Scientology is dangerous, too. That's true as well. And, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Scientology is dangerous as well. <laughs> That's why sand doesn't stick to him. The Scientology. Right? <laughs> the Thetans will not allow sand. Well, he's, he's paid his money. He's sandproof. Yeah. <laughs> he's sandproofed. <laughs> and sinproofed. So he's going to jump up on a couch and yell at me. So, all right. Goose is dead. And he yeah, obviously he's struggling. He's going up. Nothing's going right because his head's not right, and, which is completely understandable. I mean, his friend is dead and he's still mm-hmm. going. And now the one that he could at least lean on in, in a lot of these things is no longer there. So he doesn't even have that confidant. So he's about to basically quit. Um, yep. And then Tom Scarrett, when he goes to visit Tom Scarrett, Tom Scarrett says, all right, I'm going to deny this if you ever fucking say anything, but here's the deal. Your dad and us, we were in an area that we weren't supposed to be, and we were all being shot at, and he took a bunch of planes down while saving everybody, a bunch of people. You know, he saved a bunch of people, but they will not admit this because it was on the wrong side of where they weren't supposed to be. So that's really what happened with your father. Now, if you want, you've earned enough points to graduate, so you can can come and uh, graduate if not then good luck to you i understand you went through hell and uh, anyone wouldn't mm-hmm. blame you for leaving so he shows up to the graduation but he didn't end up winning the trophy and ends up going to val kilmer Iceman, and he, he shakes his hand and then all of a sudden they mm-hmm. get a uh right it's funny huh right the moment wow, a miracle the, the moment graduation happens yeah there happens to be a, a crisis in the in, in the indian ocean area again yeah, same spot imagine that <laughs> who'd have thought let's come full circle oh man yeah now what was the deal is it some sort of boat that was uh elsewhere right and like the russian air support or whatever is like making it so the boat couldn't leave or so be escorted back so then they were like okay so we're gonna send a bunch of planes to go fuck up the russian mix this is an absolute international incident this is like when you start opening fire on the other nuclear superpower yeah, in yeah. the world the other one that can have at this point only five nations can have nuclear weapons and two of them are now fight shooting at each other with jets because one of them is being kind of pushy in their own water, or at least international water. And they're just being, those Soviets are just being douchey. They won't let people just live their lives. I'm not saying the Soviets are super, but I'm just saying like, this is a huge international incident. Right. That we threaten going to war when people don't shoot at each other. Holy moly. Hmm. Like you're going into other spaces and and scrambling jets and shit. Like, wow. Okay, Mr. Realistic. We're back to the action film. All right, yeah. Well, that was good action, but boy, dead serious when I say this. A shit ton of people that were watching this were not thinking of the ramifications. No, I thought that was I. Well, I did because I watched the news and I'm like, we can't just like if if oh, Russian man. fighters start opening fire on us, it's all over. Like it's, oh. it's going to be like uh, like non-conventional retaliation at that point. That's what I was thinking. Oh, Sorry, day, I'm a schmuck, but no, that's what I was thinking. But the day is saved, and that's all that matters. Oh, but from whom? <laughs> the people on the boat? That's it, man. Dude, the credits rolled. The credits rolled, okay, and, okay. and the popcorn is now being wiped off so I can go sign that contract in the lobby. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, whoops. Nope, sorry. They uh, basically uh, flying around. 
Tom Cruise has a moment where he's basically the wingman of Val Kilmer. Kilmer is concerned that, you know, he's not going to be in the right headspace. And he isn't at first, where he bails for a second, then decides to rejoin the fight, ends up uh, shooting the right people at the right time. Oh, and the, the funny part is, is that something that he did in the past uh, where he basically puts on the brakes and lets the other plane fly right by. Uh, by the way, do you get, recognize the guy in the backseat? No. Uh, it was Tim Robbins. Oh, oh, no, I don't remember that. Yeah. That was Tim Robbins? Oh, all right. So we had yeah. an aircraft carrier come in from San Diego, cross the Pacific. No, it was probably already the there. the Indian Ocean? No, I think it was already How'd there. the jets get there? Uh, they got taken by boat. No, I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, nobody cares. Nobody cares. My point is that last scene, I just thought it was a little far-fetched because of, let me put it this way. Even back in when I saw it, they're shoehorning the fact that America is going to go take care of those Soviets. And I'm like, that's kind of a stretch. We're at each other for lesser things than this. Hmm. And now we're going to go and scramble fighter jets with missiles. I don't know. I just, I wasn't buying it. I just wasn't oh. buying it at the time. So basically. If it had been then, another country, if it had been another country, I would have bought it. So they basically, when they blow up the uh, Russians, they land and they're all celebrating. And basically him and Val Kilmer uh, make up and say like, you know, yeah. you could be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You could mm -hmm. be mine. Hey. And they hug each other. Hey. And then uh, Strickland comes up and says, apparently uh, you've done such a good job. Name your job, whatever you want to do. They'll mm -hmm. give it to you. And he's like, I want to be instructor. Top gun. God help us all. Hey. And he leaves. Ah, you know. and hello. See? Back They're to all the light. turn out like you. Back yeah. to the light stuff, you know? And everybody's like smiling from ear to ear and says, hell yeah, man. Sign me up. I'm going to Miramar. You were really waiting for Strickland. Weren't you waiting for Strickland to say, you're never going to do this, Curious. You're a slacker. Right. Your father was a slacker as well. well you know what's funny? same vibe. There was moments <clears throat> of him sounding like that, but then I also got to give him credit. There was moments he dropped it. Yeah. He didn't instantly say, I'm only one character. <laughs> yeah, all right. Again, like it, it all resolves itself instantly so wait a minute he lands the plane and they offer him a job Is oh that but no but, but, but also i do like this part um he takes it was goose's uh, goose. dog tags and he whips him into the ocean yeah. basically saying you know i can't hold on like this sure and you then an I mean? old lady takes a blue gem and drops it next to him right oh wait no that's titanic <laughs> ironically uh the the star from last week's movie threw something into the ocean at the end of the movie as well that's right a badge right oh, like, yes. what is that so wait we we set up this really corny precedent for the next decade of films of people that need to let go of throwing things into the ocean. You, like, yes, oh. you, you have to end the movie by throwing something <laughs> into the water. Well, I, I, the actually, I think what and we should I, do now. Luckily, Raising Arizona did not end that way. Well, I, what I'd like to do now is take a metal detector over the water and see what I can find. Yeah. Because people keep dropping oh. shit in the ocean. Oh, look at this. Planes. Well, you're going to find tags. a dog tag. You're going to find a badge. And, and possibly the heart of right? the ocean. Part of the ocean, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so, let's get to final right. judgment. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. Now it's time for final judgment, so we're going to figure out whether or not this movie stands up to the test of time. Should I go last? Sure. Uh, Ryan, you want to go again? You, you being the guest? Yeah, sure, I'll go. I am going to say that yes, it does stand the test of time. And there's a bunch of different reasons. I think it was shot really well, especially considering the limitations that they had back in 1986. 
I don't think that there's a lot of stuff in the movie that dates it, whereas there's a lot of other movies from that era. When you watch it, you immediately say, well, this is dated for a million different reasons, either by the the clothing, the dialogue, what have you. I don't think this movie feels dated. I think it still looks great, and I still get that same kind of jazzed feeling when I see it. I don't look at it and say, ah, this is cheesy. No, I look at it and say, it's Top Gun. And it still kicks ass. All right. Well said. Well, let's start with, I think it is believed. All I, I believe it also um, holds up. I think the fact that, that they're putting so much behind a sequel, they believe also that it's there's going to be a shitload of people that feel the same, mm-hmm. that people still hold on to this and they, they still feel really, really great about it in the nostalgic aspect. But also just every time there's like a new format, people go out and purchase uh, like, you know, like when in the 90s, when surround sound were the biggest thing that were coming out. Uh, everybody's like, oh, man, I got to bring it. You know, I got to buy that and Top Gun. Right? And, they're like, and they're like, oh, shit. Now they made DVDs. I got to go buy it. Yep. On D- Holy shit. There's a new thing called Blu-ray. <laughs> they just yep. keep upping it. Uh, that's, my, I mean? that's my three versions of Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that I'm saying, yep. I think they just say, you know, I mean, like, and there's a reason it keeps selling because mm-hmm. it does hold up for, I think, many of those reasons. I mean, there's so many I could think of. But uh, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. There's just, you know, people still buy in. And I think it's clean enough of a film that it's easily sold from, let's say, father to son or, you know, whatever, mother to daughter. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying, I think. No, I'm <laughs> Happy saying, Mother's like, Day. Yeah. Here's your Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying mm. I, I think, you know, it's easy to sell to your children. Yep. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> did children did, did, eBay? did and, that not make uh, sense? I don't know. I don't know what that meant. No, right. I didn't mean I didn't um, mean sales I know, like I know. cash. I just meant like it's <laughs> a like you you have an easy sale as far as saying you know like check this out. I think it's cool, yep. and they might think it is as well. All right, so all right, so I'm gonna get, so we got two that say it holds up the test of time. So so as I was brought in here with the target on my back to, uh, and again, uh, you know, we had radar uh, lock Marno on does, you. Yeah, I know a radar lock box one. <laughs> Um, I know it's, you know, it's switching the guns. And, and you know what? I, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, yeah. So, so I, and I get it. And I, I think at the end of the day, here's the deal, right? It just didn't hit me the right way uh, back in the day. It sank in the way it sunk in for everybody else. I did not get wrapped up in the fervor. I just didn't see what the big deal was. Okay. And we've already gone over through all of this. However, that being said, would I recommend it to people? No, but I would tell you why I recommend it. But I would also say to people, well, here's why I think you like it. Here's why I think you, and that's not being like, I'm not trying to sound like pretentious. You know, it's just like, I, I know why people like it. I know why I don't. And I'm totally okay with that. Having said that, to Ryan's point, it is timeless. There's nothing in it that is dated. Like they're all in uniform. That's not dated. Maybe Kelly McGillis's hairstyle. But past that, not really. Um, there's nothing in it as stated. The soundtrack even still holds up, even though it's 80s, because Kenny Loggins did such a good job. And the orchestral stuff is, is such a good job. Whatever they're trying to say about patriotism and whatever they're trying to say about uh, military strength, it holds up. It's not in-your-face military strength. It's pride in, in America kind of patriotic sense. So in that way, I don't think there's anything that actually does date it. Uh, I didn't like it then. I still don't like it now. I don't. I know why people like it. I just know why I don't. And so for that reason, I, I do say I'm going to agree with kind of more of Ryan's angle is that, yeah, it, it does kind of hold up for what it is. You can play it now and it doesn't look ancient and there's nothing in it that's inappropriate. Like like some of this, uh, the movies that Jay and I have watched about just general misogyny and homophobia that was accepted and like uh, making fun of special needs and fat shaming and all that stuff like that was acceptable 
back in the early 80s, but now it's like, ew, that's kind of creepy. None of that is in this movie. It really isn't. So at the end of the day, you just have to take it for what it is. It's kind of a, a schmaltzy pseudo military pseudo date movie pseudo action movie that all kind of tries to do all things at once, which I don't like, but I know that other people will. So I will actually say it does hold up and it holds up for me in that I still like it the same amount, which is not very much. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. One thing that? I did uh, find interesting about it, though, is that some of the catchphrases from the movie are still used today. Sure. Talk to me, Goose. Mm -hmm. You might hear some people say that. Uh, yep. But the, probably the biggest one is the term wingman. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yep. You know, especially if you go out, maybe in your single days, you were going out. Yeah, th that person's a great wingman. Yep. That came yeah, from so that... Top Gun. We're talking 35, oh, yeah. 36 years ago. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. No, that starts somewhere. So um, I'm. I'm into that. So it obviously has a, a cultural impact. Is this in the Library of Congress? It is. It is? All right. I, I mean, yep, I it think, is. and I'm going to be honest with you, I think this should be in the Library of Congress more than Purple Rain. And I love Prince. <laughs> Purple, Rain is, Purple Rain is in the Library of Congress, and that's a shitty movie. It's not a good movie at all. I'm so pretty it, sure it got Gun, in there due to the soundtrack. Yeah. I know, I but, said, it's, yeah. but the movie itself is garbage. So, And I love Prince, but it's like, this belongs more than that movie does for the reason that you said, Ryan, it did set a lot of movie precedent. It did say there were these, these cultural terms that, that have lasted for 30 years. So for that reason, it, it absolutely should be in there. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it, but it should definitely be in there. So that's that. Well, so right. that's, that's top. Gun, those everybody. are our conclusions. That's super. So, and, um, uh, go ahead. I want to thank you, Ryan, once again, for joining us. That was a blast. Yeah. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on again. Oh, absolutely. that was fantastic. And, and thanks for going easy on me. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was kind of um, waiting. I'm like, I was wait. We were far more heated about, uh, about, uh, point break, I think, but that's point okay. Break, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, next week we mm -hmm. are going to be joined by Bill Keeler, a guy who I interned for. He used to be a radio host in Providence, Rhode Island, and now he's for the last, uh, I don't know, 20 plus years has been in Utica, New York on uh, radio up there. So I'm um, excited for that. And we're going to be doing the movie, which I've already watched, Blade Runner. I just watched it like this week. So All right. we shall see. I haven't goes. watched it since 84. So we'll, we'll see about that. But no that ought to be interesting. So anyway, thanks again, Ryan. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. And thanks, Chris. Take thanks, care, guys. Jay. All right. Bye. Cricket, chirp about moon.